Praise the Lord, everybody. If you weren't awake, you are now. Welcome. Welcome to the house of the Lord on a beautiful Sunday morning. Glad to be here, glad to be with God's people, and most of all, I'm glad to be in God's presence. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning and lift our hands and lift our voices and just welcome him into this place. Lord, we love you. We worship you, Jesus. God, we are so thankful for your word. God, we're thankful for your presence. God, we pray, Lord, as we gather together this morning in your house, God, that we would be in one mind and one accord, lifting up holy hands, Lord, without wrath and without doubt, magnifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, we want you to have your way in this house this morning. I pray every heart would be open to receive your word. God, every heart and every life would be touched and changed by the power of your spirit, Jesus. We worship you and we praise your name. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Let's worship this morning.
Hallelujah. The word says it's an overflow of unforgiving soul. Oh, I've seen you, God, and I can't stay silent. John was talking about in his Bible study this morning about the years of silence. But there's still a church today. When they were burning the books and they were trying to destroy all the records. Why is there a church today? Because someone couldn't stay silent. Because God had done someone something in someone's life and they said, I can't keep it silent. I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell it to my children. I got to tell it to my neighbors. And they begin to pass these stories orally. And the truth did not die because they begin to spread the word. When God's done something in your life, you can't keep it quiet. I got to tell somebody. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't keep it inside. It's just burning me up. I got to tell somebody. Oh, if we would get like that, if we would get to testify to what God's done in our lives, there would be no containing what God can do in this community, across the state, and across our nation. Is there anyone this morning that can testify of what God has done in your life? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, if he's done something for you, why don't you clap your hands and give him some praise? Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that I serve a prayer answering God. Hallelujah. We need to remember Brother Sonny Albert this morning. He's in need of a healing. Let's pray that God would touch him. We need to remember Hannah Holtz, who is homesick. Remember Sister Axton, homesick. My wife Amy, homesick. Sister Alicia, homesick. Uh, I don't know if you know, but it's going around. So let's remember all those that are are home, not able to be here, sick, all those you are here, thank you for being here. Is there anyone, maybe you didn't get a chance to submit a card this morning, but just raise your hand and say, I have a need. We serve a God who knows each and every need. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts, but if we can speak that, speak that need to him, and he, he hears, and not only he hears, but he answers. So let's lift up these knees. Let's lift up our hands in prayer. If you have prayer, if you need prayer in your body this morning, we ask that you would come forth at this time, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe with you that God is going to do a work in your situation. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for the miraculous change that you have wrought in each and every one of our lives. God, that you picked us up and that you turned us around. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us, Lord. We come humbly before you this morning with needs. God, we pray for Brother Albert this morning, Lord. We pray that you would reach down and that you would touch his body. God, he is in need of a healing. God, you are a miracle working God. I pray that you would touch. God, that you would do a work in his body and in his life. We pray for Hannah Holtz. We pray for Sister Axton, for Sister Amy Scholl. For Sister Alicia, God, that you would touch all those who are not able to be here due to sickness this morning. God, that you would touch their bodies, that you would help them to have a quick recovery. God, we pray, Lord, for each and every person that's here today. God, that you would open our hearts to receive your word, Jesus. God, that you would do a work. God, we give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, we pray for those who come forward this morning with the needs. God, that you would have your way, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. Oh, 
Oh, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Oh 
Yes, only in you, God. only in you only in you I find peace so cover me cover me oh why don't you lift your hands this morning and allow the peace of God to cover your life hallelujah when I don't have any other answers when the storms of life are raging Oh, and there seems to be no end in sight. God, peace of God, cover me. Oh, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Jesus, we love you. We worship you, Jesus. God, we glorify your name. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take up our Sunday morning tithes and offering. We're going to ask our ushers to come at this time. Give as God has blessed you. Let's read this affirmation statement. Upon the authority of your word I have given and shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. Receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts paid off, paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. My whole family saved and walking with God, blessed to walk in health and abundance with divine favor. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift your tithe, lift your offering this morning. Let's pray, Lord. God, I pray that you would bless this gift, that you would bless this tithe, this offering that we bring today. God, that you would use it to the furtherance of your kingdom. God, that the work would go forth from this house. And God, that it would be multiplied and go out into the highways and the byways. In Jesus' name, bless your work. Amen. Let's sing.
Praise the Lord. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord this morning? How great and wonderful it is to know the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. I just uh, so appreciate the wonderful presence of the Lord that is here in this house this morning. Amen. And to see your smiling faces. All rested up and ready for church. Praise God. How good is our Lord. How good is our Lord. My, what a, what a month we have just come through. A month of weeks. It's now November. And I know this is first Sunday and this would be Mission Sunday regularly, but uh, we will wait on that this month. Sister Alicia's not here and was unprepared otherwise, so we will take care of that another Sunday. But I so appreciate your faithfulness in giving to missions. Amen. Amen. Um, I have just, uh, I, I feel like, man, I've been to the mountain. And uh, we're, we've just, we're, we've got a great, we can see a long ways off. Amen. <laughs> it started on October the 8th on Sunday night with Urshan Corral being with us. And my, what a service that was. And uh, followed up starting on that Wednesday following on the 11th with what was going to be a two-week revival with Brother Griggs. And then we'd wait another week, and then we would, uh, a couple weeks, and then we would have Ladies Conference, Help Me Heal Conference. And the two-week revival ended up being a three-week revival. I, I don't even know if we've done that. 
before, but it just was right. And God blessed and provided. And so last Sunday night, we closed out Revival with Brother Griggs. And then this last Friday and yesterday was the Help Me Heal conference. And what a great time that was for our women and those who attended. Amen. It's good to have Sister Eddings and Sister Leslie with us this morning. Amen. Amen. The Ferris women all went back home last night after the service. And, uh, but, uh, my wife was just, uh, elated over the great services. And what I heard of anything, I just heard the praises going up and, and, uh, uh, just uh, people kept coming back. Amen. They kept coming back. and uh, That's always a good sign that people uh, love the Lord and they love what's happening. And uh, the information and instruction, teaching, ministry that took place was just of God. And I'm thankful for that. Thank you, Sister Eddings. Thank you, Sister Leslie. And the Pharisees, God bless them. Amen for what they did and how they blessed the church. Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you glad you know the Lord today? Hallelujah. We are blessed of God. We're blessed of God. Brother Griggs texted me this morning. He says, do you miss me yet? Some of y'all got it too. I keep wanting to tell him, how can I miss you? I keep trying to tell him, how can I miss you if you don't go away? But he's a lot of fun. I know that. He's always been that kind of a fella. But, uh, and I shouldn't refer to a preacher as a fella, but uh, he's just a friend and we appreciate him. Amen. Amen. I want to preach this morning. And I feel like it's been a long time since I preached. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I, uh, I do want to preach this morning. Something just on my heart that uh, I want to share with the church and uh, whoever's listening. As many by webcast uh, may hear this, and I wanted to feed their soul too. But uh, if you would take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of James, chapter 4. And verse 7, James chapter 4 and verse 7. <clears throat> James chapter 4. Praise God. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
How many's ever found hope in that verse? I know you all have and a lot of times. I heard somebody say a lot of times. How important it is that we can lean on God's word and say, Lord, I stand on the promise of God. And I feel like that uh, I'm in the heat of battle. And I just need some backup here. And the Lord reminds you, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. Well, I'm going to preach, but I'm not going to preach just James 4 and 7. I want to go back in the scripture and I'll share that with you in just a moment. But would you pray with me and let's invite God's blessing and his help. Father, we thank you for your kindness and mercies today. We ask that you would speak into our hearts and lives and help us to hear and to receive of you today. Oh, you're a great God. You're a great God. In all things, we give you praise. And we're grateful in Jesus' name we pray. Amen to God. God bless you and you may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. I look at some of our uh, new folks that have been uh, rejoicing. We've been rejoicing in the Lord over what God has done in their life. Amen. Uh, Sheila, one Sunday morning ago. Amen. One week ago. God filled her with the Holy Ghost right here in the front. My, what a, what a, uh, unforgettable time that was. And, and, uh, Ryan, amen. What the Lord's doing in your life, I am thrilled. I am thrilled. But I noticed both of them have their Bibles and, and they're, they're students of God's word now. Amen. And that is such an amazing thing. And, uh, amongst the, what God has done for all of you. Amen. And so many others this morning. But um, the, the scripture tells us some things that I believe we, we have God's word to be uh, our instructor, our teacher. Uh, it's going to show us examples and we can look in Old and New Testament. I have read to you this verse in particular because it is easily remembered and it's something we often lean upon and sometimes there are things that are right that don't always produce when we try to practice it what we think it's supposed to do. The scripture tells us uh, and uh, that uh, he said, the, the writer said, uh, uh, when you ask, uh, you, you have not. Because you ask not. He said you ask and you receive not. Because you ask amiss. Heaping it to your own lust. So it's not just praying. It's not just asking. That don't do it all. But we've got to make sure that we even ask right. Amen. And, and, and so there has to be a proper way. Amen. And and uh, so when I share with you, the first thing I share with you uh, concerning what we're talking about this morning is it is right for us to resist the devil. The devil is, is your enemy. 
Uh, he's the one that is, uh, he, he goes about like a roaring lion, uh, seeking whom he may devour. It is not God's will for you to be devoured. Amen. And, and, uh, it's God's will for you to stand up and fight and, and to have the victory. And I believe God gives us the victory. Can you say amen? Now, my attention is not so much on the devil. Amen. That's not it. But I believe that when we do the first part of that verse, uh, then the second part becomes effective. The first part of that verse is submit yourselves, therefore, to God. If we do not submit ourselves to God, then how can we resist the devil and he flee from us? It is important for us to submit ourselves to God. I'm going to the book of First Samuel. The book of First Samuel and chapter 4. Uh, in First Samuel chapter 4, I read to you, uh, uh, the Bible says the word of Samuel came to all Israel. That's the way it begins. When you read in previous uh, to this, you find a, a, uh, a young Samuel. And um, God miraculously allowed him to, uh, to, to be born. Uh, to a mother uh, who was barren. She wept before God and she prayed and, and uh, she carried such a great yearning desire. And I, I didn't always understand that until my wife uh, experienced the desire. Uh, and, and a mother, a, a woman can, can uh, explain that better than I can. But there can come a time when there is such a desire to have your own and to uh, to feel like I have I have birthed this child and this is mine and to hold that child and to nurture that child and and uh, and so uh, sometimes there's hardly anything that can take the place of that feeling and to to fulfill that and this was Hannah. She could not. Uh, Peniah, her uh, husband's other wife, had borne many children, but she couldn't. Um, and uh, so she prayed. And and uh, so uh, her husband says to her, she, he says, you know, am I, not I uh, more than, you know, several sons to you. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'll help you. I'll do, fulfill everything for you. I in other words, he couldn't do it himself, and he's trying to say, you know, hey, hello, <laughs> here I am, and uh, I'm good enough for you, and that wasn't enough. And mother still cried, and Eli saw her and thought she was intoxicated in the temple, and, and he said to her, you know, he was rebuking her. She said, no, 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 that's not it, as probably she wiped her eyes, and she said, that's not it, but I desire a son. Oh, and he... Uh, almost apologetically said, the Lord grant to thee what you desire. And Samuel is born, and she had promised, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I will bring him and lend him to you. And I want you to note that word lend. I'm going to tell you, I don't care how much a mother uh, may release her children, she always feels like they're still mine. 
Amen. And I don't care how old they are, they're still yours. And there's more to preach about that another time. Amen. But uh, uh, when when uh, Samuel is at the, the the place of the the tabernacle and the temple, this is where Eli the priest is, and and uh, this is where people came to worship. And he is ministering to Eli. He's helping. He opens the doors. Uh, uh, he just uh, does things that uh, this boy growing up could do. And mother brings him new garments as he grows. Um, every year she she uh, lovingly prepared it and made it. And then uh, we learn that Eli, we get a glimpse of him and how that his sons uh, are wicked. And, and their sons, they will... They will. Uh, uh, they were doing terrible deeds uh, right in the door of the place of worship, um, and the uh, the Bible uh, lets us know that uh, these terrible things uh, uh, of impropriety with with women, uh, right there, uh, uh, it just in a place it, it would it was wrong to begin with, but where it was was so uh, so uh, uh, terrible in itself, and and Eli did not he could not stop it apparently and uh, the Lord spoke to Samuel the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord was precious in those days meaning that it was rare it was rare and and but God spoke to Samuel I could make a a long story short here and I will and it simply is that uh, after the Lord called his name several times uh, Eli realized as Samuel ran back in said you called no, I didn't call you. And he realized the Lord was talking to him. He said, next time you say, here am I, Lord. And he answered and the Lord spoke and told the future demise of, of Eli's sons and Eli's lineage, his family. And it was met, no doubt, uh, it didn't remove him from being the priest, but no doubt he carried this in his heart that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a failure in, in many ways. If there's anything that I want to do, I, my responsibility is to protect that ark of the Lord. That is where the presence of God is. That's where people come to meet God. I will protect it. I can't change my sons, but the presence of the Lord is my responsibility. I pick up in chapter 4 and verse 1, and I find where the word of Samuel came to all Israel. In other words, everybody heard about what happened in this, this communication God had with Samuel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle. They went out against the Philistines. This was that perpetual enemy that would never seem to go away for very long. And they are now facing them in battle again. And the Bible says in verse 2, And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined the battle, Israel was smitten. Before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. This was met with such a, 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 a despair upon the people. The Bible says in verse 3, And when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten 
threaten us today before the Philistines. How is it that this has happened to us? There's got to be something that can help us. I know what it is. Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh. That's where it was kept. Let's go get the ark of the Lord. Remember, there was another time in the scripture where the ark was taken. Amen. They remembered when they marched around Jericho and the priest carried the ark. Surely if we'll go get the ark, that is none other than the dwelling place of God's presence. And so it will take that and and uh, that when it cometh among us, uh, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. Oh, this was met with such a, uh, uh, an enthusiasm. And they, they, this is the answer. The Bible says, so the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts which dwelleth between the cherubims and the two sons of Eli, these wicked boys. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. I'm going to tell you, I don't want to get to a place where I get so so used to being around God's presence. It doesn't matter what I live. I can always go there and it's there. Amen. And so when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. Now that's, that's old English. That is King James language. Uh, another version reads like this. So that the earth shook. It literally was such a shout. It was measured. It could be measured on the Richter scale. As so, You think that's not possible. It's possible. They say that there can be such a shout in a stadium of over a 100,000 people that literally it can be felt on a Richter scale. It shakes the earth. The Bible says that when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. Now, the ark of the Lord carried with it such a, a, a testimony. It, it, when, when they had heard about the things that had happened when the ark showed up. And the Philistines, in verse 7 says, the, the Philistines were afraid. For they said, God is come into the camp. And they said, woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Amen. 
Woe unto us, uh, in verse 8, who shall deliver us up out of the hand of these mighty gods. These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Now, I want you to know something. They referred to it as these are the gods. I'm going to tell you, they didn't understand uh, about the true God of Israel. Uh, all, they, they, was, uh, they were looking at it through the lens of their own understanding. Uh, you cannot expect people to understand everything about your God. Uh, amen. Uh, they will have their own explanation of what took place. Uh, I remember when I was uh, a boy growing up in the church I grew up in, uh, uh, you know, uh, over the last uh, 30 years, maybe less than that, there has uh, been a, a transition in music in, in Pentecost uh, to where base churches have not much more than what we've got. Uh, some do more or less, but uh, it used to be we had always a Hammond organ and we had a piano and you had maybe a drum that was not, it was real easy drums, and and uh, and, and then they had we had we had what we called an orchestra. Now it wasn't something you'd find, uh, you know, uh, in London Symphonic. It wasn't anything like that. But but uh, we had brass instruments and we had guitars and we had a stand-up bass and and we had accordions by the dozen. It seemed like and and and, and they all played. One time I counted uh, seventeen different instruments. Well, I'm gonna tell you that was a lot of noise. There was somebody that came to the church and they watched the service and they tried to figure out how it was. People were dancing and shouting and praising God and and they had it all figured out. There was a man, his name was Norman Truber, and he played the trumpet. And what a trumpet player he was. And, and uh, uh, he could inspire anybody with the clarity of the sound he made uh, with that trumpet. And this person said, I know what it is. And said the, uh, It was something like the, the pastor pointed at him, and, and, and he tilted his trumpet up, and he blew on the trumpet and everybody began to shout and praise God because that was the signal. Everybody get with it. They they had it figured. I'm going to tell you what, you can't figure it out for yourself. That's not what it was. It wasn't that at all. But, but you see the Philistines said, they're gods. Oh, there was only one God. There never was more than one God. And that one God, my friend, was for them. But the Philistines Listen to how they referred to it. Uh, he said, uh, uh, woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. They'd heard about it. And so then they begin to tell, they begin to tell their own men, this is a, this is a speech. This is instruction. This is commands to the Philistine army. Be strong. Quit yourselves like men. That means be a man. O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews. We cannot serve them as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. 
and the Philistines fought. And you would think this is where we read and the Philistines whipped them. But that's not what the Bible says. Now wait just a minute. They've got the ark. They went and got it. They shouted with a shout so loud that it shook the earth. You would think that that's all a sign that this is going to be in their favor. But when I read to you this verse, the Bible says, verse 10, Israel was smitten and they fled every man into his tent and there was a very great slaughter for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. Oh, that was horrible. What a terrible slaughter from 4,000. Now 30,000 more have died. And the Bible says that uh, the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. Oh, we could close the book and we'd say, Amen, and that's the end of that chapter, but it's not. It's not. In those days, they didn't have radios. They didn't have internet. They didn't have satellite communication. There ran a man. There ran a man. I don't know that he had been appointed. He just probably felt like I'm escaping for my life. I'm running home and I'm going to be the first one there and I've got news for everybody. There ran a man of Benjamin, a Benjamite, out of the army. This is one of the Hebrews. And he came to Shiloh the same day. As he comes running, people are anxious. Here stands wives and mothers and children. And here's... Eli somewhere over near the place where the ark had been taken. He's sitting there. You got to understand Eli's an old man. His health is not good. He's a heavy man. All he can do basically is just sit there. He's 98 years old. He's lived a long life, but he's still the priest. The Bible says this young man comes into the camp. And he came to Shiloh the same day. He made it all the way from the battlefield in one day. His clothes are rent. That's not a good sign. And he's got earth on his head. That's another not good sign. And when he came, Eli sat by the wayside watching. For his heart trembled for the ark of God. He had already probably felt like I've heard about my boys. God told me what's going to happen to them. But that ark, that's my responsibility. I've got to watch for that. I need that ark back. I've released it to go to the field. Will they bring back a good, a good report? His ark, his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, He hadn't even made it to Eli yet. 
When he came to the city and he told it, the Bible says all the city cried out. Eli is sitting where he is, and he heard the noise of the crying. Oh, he could hear it, and and he's becoming emotional. He's becoming upset, no doubt. He said, what meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in very quickly, and he told Eli. He told Eli everything. Now, Eli was 98 years old. His eyes were dim that he could not see. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, what is there done, my son? He's waiting on the response. He's waiting. I'm telling you, there's nothing like that moment when you're wondering, what is the news I'm about to hear five years ago? Five years ago last month, you recall our son was burned very badly. It was that initial call that we got, got me out of bed. It took me to the kitchen because we use cell phones so much today, and somebody had called the house at that hour. It, kept, it rang, and, and I didn't make it in time. And I stood there a moment, and it rang again, best I can recall how it was. And it was on that second try I picked it up. Hello. The young man that called was a friend that was with him. Why he chose the words he did, I don't know. He said, Mr. Axton, I'm so sorry to inform you. And when and I was like, oh. Lord, what am I about to hear? He's, I'm so sorry to inform you. And I thought, dear Lord, has my son been killed? Has something happened? And then he says he's been burned badly. And that was enough. We frantically got into the car and ran to the hospital even before he arrived. And so when, when you, you observe things like this, you can understand something about what he's about to hear. He says, what is there done, my son? What has happened? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled from before the Philistines. And there had been also a great slaughter among the people. And thy two sons Hophni and Phinehas are dead. Just stop. Stop. Don't tell me anymore. My sons are dead. Okay. He's taking it all right. He was expecting that. Somehow that was part of it. But then he says, and the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass... When he made mention of the ark of God, that he fell from off the seat backward. By the side of the gate, his neck broke and he died. He was an old man and heavy, judged Israel for 40 years. That's not all. Phineas, his son, had a wife that was with, with child. She was near time to give birth. Somebody told her that her husband had died. 
And guess what? Eli, your father-in-law, just died also. It was all she could take. But then they said, and the ark of the Lord is taken. The Bible says she immediately went into labor. And when she went into labor, the midwives were there. They're trying to bring some cheerful hope to her. They said, hey, hey, guess what? It's a boy. It's a boy that's been born. You've lost your husband. You've lost your father-in-law. But you've got a boy. And he's going to carry your name on. She said, call him Ichabod. For the glory of the Lord has departed Israel. Call him Ichabod. There was something about recognizing that God's glory was no longer there. There was something about it that it didn't matter anymore. What happened? Why was it that they could take this into battle and come back with such a report of a tremendous loss? That's what I've come to preach to you about this morning. I've come to preach to you about it's more than just resisting the enemy in your life. It's more than standing up and say, I resist you. If on one hand you're not serving the Lord, and on the other hand you cannot straddle a fence. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to live for God all the way. I'm going to submit myself therefore unto God. And then when I resist the devil, he will Flee from me because I have given myself to the Lord. Let me tell you, there's nobody that'll fear you uh, uh, like the devil will fear you. Uh, I don't care how much uh, you tremble uh, when you are near. Uh, and uh, you you may feel like that I'm scared of him. Uh, but when you're the weakest saint uh, falls up on their knees uh, and says, God, uh, I give myself to you. Uh, I want you to know the enemy can have nothing to do with you. Somebody ought to say... Amen this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. King Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18 verse 4 and 5. The Bible tells about this young king. He removed the high places. He broke the images. He cut down the groves. He broke in pieces. This is interesting. He break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. You see, when they were in the wilderness, God had punished them for sin. And there was poisonous snakes all around, biting people and they were dying. It was... It was, they had stepped into a pit. They cried out, we're dying, help us. The Lord said, build yourself, make yourself a brazen serpent. And lift that thing up so they can see it. Hold it up high. And if anybody looks, they'll be healed. They'll find it. Now, there's symbolism in that. I realize that. You see... The sins that we committed required sacrifice. And the Lord allowed a substitutional sacrifice and you would not die. 
But then Jesus came and he took our place on the cross. Woo! (laughs) He took our place on the cross. Aren't you glad he took our place when you see Jesus on a cross? You're looking at something. He took your place. Amen. He took your place. And the Bible says, though, apparently, when that is over and God delivers them, somebody saved that brass serpent. As a matter of fact, you still see symbols of it. When you go to a doctor's office, you may see a snake. Have you ever stopped to wonder why would they have a snake around that? That's right out of the Bible. That was symbol of look and be healed. Amen. Come to this, you'll be healed. Amen. And and so when, when they are now delivered, they've taken that brass serpent and they saved it. As a matter of fact, When I read on, the Bible lets us know, for unto those days the children of Israel did, what? Burn incense to it. And he called it Nahashtan. Nahashtan means just a piece of brass. That's all it is. Just a piece of brass. Years ago, I had some new converts. Prior to their to their conversion, they had dabbled in in the occult. So they were quick to recognize need for protection from that. They had a friend that moved into a house where previous to their moving in there, a witch had lived. And so they chose to go to that house. They did not talk to me before, but they chose to go to that house and to to deliver that house. Many spirits that were there. To make a long story short, Tim, they, they went in and there were some strange things that happened. And they ran. They ran to Judy's house and they proceeded to try to get rest there that night. They called me about four o'clock in the morning. Pastor, pastor. I said, uh, I'll be over when I get up in the morning. I thought, I'm going to talk to somebody about this first. And uh, I called Brother Kenneth Reeves. And I talked to him and shared with him. And he said, yes, sir. He says, we're seeing things like this. And he gave me some wise advice. He said, don't go along. He said, don't go bravado. I remember his words. He said, go prayed up. Walked into that house, not the one that they had been at, but the one where they were now. And this is what they told me. I'm not telling you everything they said, but they said, Pastor, we opened Bibles in the house to protect ourselves last night. And it just hit me. I was a young pastor. I didn't have a lot of experience. I just kind of told it like it was, and as I saw it. 
I said, you can open Bibles all over this place and it's not going to save you. And I still believe that. You can hang crosses on the wall and on the mirror of your car. It's not going to protect you. I feel like preaching right now. I'm telling you, it's not in the things that you carry with you. It's not in the things that you hang on the wall. It's not in the words you put her. Oh, friend, you've got to get it down here in your heart. You've got to get something in your spirit, in your soul, that will deliver you and help you. Well, hallelujah. You see, it was Daniel's walk with God. When he was cast into that den of lions, uh, he couldn't say, I've got a, I've got a sword. I'm going to fight this thing. I, I, I'm going to put a fence around me. Oh, my friend, uh, there had to be something else. Uh, God said, look, uh, you've been talking with me. Uh, you've been walking with me. Uh, you've been living for me. Uh, and now you're in your trouble. I'll send my angel. He'll show up. Uh, he'll shut the mouth uh, of the lion. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It, oh, I'm going to go and we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to shout real loud. I've seen people shout. I've seen people dance and they walk out and they fall all apart. Because it's not just in that alone. You've got to pray. You've got to get on your face. You've got to say, Lord, I give myself to you. Hear me out. Would you stand? I'm gonna I'm gonna finish here. I want you to understand I'm not against the demonstration of worship and praise. I'm not against that. But I'm telling you, if that's what you put it in all by itself, you've missed it. You have missed the mark. There's gotta be a place where you say, I give myself to you. I submit myself to you. I submit myself. It's not how loud I can be that everybody knows. You can shout till the earth shakes and it will not change you. But it's where you submit yourself. Am I talking to somebody this morning? It's when you submit yourself. That's the word. That's the word I believe the Lord wanted me to give this morning. It's when you submit yourself. It's so hard sometimes for us to give ourselves. I give myself to you, Jesus. I submit myself. You don't know. You, you can say, well, I'm submitted. Until you're tested, you don't know. Until you face a test, you don't know. I remember years ago when we struggled financially. So much more. I'm not saying we're rich now by any means. We're just, when you had five kids in the house, it was a lot harder, I'm telling you. And 
I didn't have the money to pay for my insurance for the car. Now that's something that you 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 need to do. And so I I had to park the car. But there was a couple times in that few weeks that I was without. I drove to the grocery store because I had, I had to go. And finally, I got the money. So, all right, let's go buy this. I go to the insurance store, uh, my agent, and here's the money. Okay, great. I need to ask you one question. Did you drive it while you had no insurance? Well, a couple times. No, she said no. The what? You were not supposed to tell me that. I said, I couldn't lie. I drove it here outside. You can see it. She says, now you're considered a risk. And you get the higher rate. I said, what? I says, I could have lied. Would it have changed? Yeah, she says that we wouldn't do it. Taking your word for it. I said, well, I can't lie. And for months, it cost me so much more than I wanted to pay. Outrageous. I was so upset, I called my state representative. I said, I just want to complain. He said, Mr. Axton, I totally understand. He said, because I sold insurance. And he says, I know what you're talking about. I says, you're saying I could lie and it would be all right. It would keep it. Yes, sir. He says, but because you told the truth. I says, you're punishing somebody that's truthful with you. That's kind of the way I looked at it at the time. Didn't change the matter. He says, that's the way it is. It's the law. I'm going to tell you what. There's times it's easy to take the easy way out. But you don't know what you are until you're proven in adversity. I wanted to say I'm an honest man. And I will not lie even about my insurance. Ooh, man, I just felt something just then. Does somebody need to submit to the Lord? Maybe you're, the words you speak, it's supposed to be truthful. If you're not honest, what good does it do you to shout and do everything if you're not truthful? What good does it do to shout till the earth shakes if you're not submitted? Because until you submit, nothing else matters. I said, nothing else matters. I know I preached something heavy this morning, but I'm preaching to you the truth that will save your soul. I love you, folks. You know I love you, and I want you to be saved, but I can't just wink and say it don't matter. Because one of these days, and I don't believe it's far off, we're going to stand before him, and we're going to answer for the way we have lived. Oh, friend, you can have the shout. You can have the dance. You can have all the rejoicing, but submit yourself first. Now, here at this church, we like to just come and gather in the front. And if you have a special need in your life, would you bring that with you?
And you're not joining the church. We're not doing that. But we're going to pray. Come right now. Would you fill the front? I want us to pray together before we leave this place. I'm going to give you an opportunity to submit yourself to the Lord. They said on that day, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do when the apostles were there at the upper room? What shall we do? Ian, you know what they said? You're exactly right. The beautiful thing about it, Ian, is you cannot repent if you don't submit. What do you mean, Brother Axton? Just saying, Lord, it's not my will, but it's your will. Have you ever prayed that and you thought, no, I can't do that because I want my way. It's got to be my way. But, oh, I'm telling you, Sheila, when you lean back in that seat, I could see all surrender taking place. And the Holy Ghost fell on her. And can you see the difference in her? I'm telling you, there's a different look on her face. How many remembers when that happened to you, when you surrendered to the Lord? Is anybody with me this morning? I wonder if you need to repent. This is a good time to repent. If you need to tell the Lord something, if you need to surrender some area of your life, why don't you do that? God is in this house and in this place, and he can help you. I give myself to you. Lift your hands to the Lord Jesus. I surrender to you. I give myself to you. Even the lifting of hands is a, it's a, it's a universal sign of surrender. I give myself to you. I surrender, Lord. I surrender to you, Lord, this morning. Hallelujah. I give myself to you. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I give myself to you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody said, why don't we fetch the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord at Shiloh? But you see, the Ark of the Covenant was not an amulet or a charm to protect you from evil or mischief that one could run and get to help you get out of trouble. I have nothing like that to give you. All I've got is just give yourself. (laughs) Give yourself to him. Hallelujah. Would you just do that again? Jesus, I give myself to you. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. You're so good to me. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thine will. 
While I am waiting, yielded and still. Let's do that. Hallelujah, Jesus. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Praise God. Praise God. If it be permissible, pray with somebody near you. Let's pray for one another. Jesus, I give myself to you. And I pray for my brother, my sister. I pray for husbands and wives. I pray for friends and family members. I ask you to touch them as they submit themselves to you. Not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. Not my will. Not my will, but thine be done. Great Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let this prayer be ours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to take this presence of the Lord with you. Looking forward to a great service tonight. Hey, folks, it's regular schedule. Amen. I'll be preaching again tonight. I encourage you to come back and hear, hear me. Amen. And uh, we're going to have good church again tonight. 6 o'clock is service. 530 is prayer. Prayer rooms are over here. Ladies in the fellowship hall, the men in the basement. And we're going to have a great time. Amen. Why don't we pray before church? It's to prepare us. Amen. It's to prepare us. And uh, we'll be ready to minister and to be a blessing. God bless you. Brother Nelson, this church loves you. I want you to pray and ask God's blessing as we dismiss.